how do you even begin an episode about yourself and your story without it sounding like it's all about you? Well, let's hope it's not that. Um, regardless, I hope that you find this very first episode. Give me a second to freak out because I can't believe this is happening. Um, but I hope that you find it comforting to know that it's not going to sound perfect. There will be mistakes. And I definitely was so nervous that I mispronounced the word episode. So listen for that. <laughs> Hopefully you can look past all that and hear me open up about a story that many people um, don't even know happened. Um, I hope that starting off with my story of loss will give you the courage to share your own someday. So let's jump right in to the very first episode of Motherhood Off the Rails. Hi, and welcome to Motherhood Off the Rails. I'm your host, Jolene, and in today's episode, we are meeting myself. Um, I thought it would only be right to start something this nerve-wracking um, by telling my own story, but it wouldn't be right if I just talked the whole time. So my bestie is here with us today. You're going to hear her story later on in probably a few episodes. And um, we've known each other for, I don't know, how long now? I don't know, like sophomore year in college. So something like, like that. 13 years or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, and she was one of the founders of this idea I pitched to her very she was the first one I pitched it to um so from the very beginning and I cannot believe we're finally starting this is insane um so we're just gonna jump in and get started um bear with us because this is our first time either of us are doing this so it might be a little rocky but we're doing it (laughs) and that's what matters so what's this podcast about oh so much um it is all about the stories that women have encountered when it comes to motherhood breaking out of the reality that we were told as children um and sharing stories of loss across the spectrum um we're gonna have people on here that might not have ever even wanted to be moms um because i wanted to have that extreme um and we're gonna have people who that's all they've ever dreamed of and yet that reality hasn't come to fruition and it's just not what they dreamed it would be um so in everything in between we as we were talking about getting this started we mentioned that we were going to be raw and we were gonna probably laugh and cry and there would be no tmi so (laughs) just a heads up for everybody And I probably should have had tissues on hand because I know that's going to happen at some point. I need to put that on my to-do list to grab tissues. Yeah, we should do Uh, that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump in. Um, A little bit about myself. I am a wife of four years and a mom of a two-year-old um and and also a mom of a little angel baby who isn't with us now that you know we'll get into that later um i taught for seven years before you know staying home with our little one which is the easiest decision i ever made i don't ever see myself going back into teaching the way it used to be um 
And with that, I tutor on the side. Um, I do that about, you know, maybe three, four days a week. And I absolutely love it. And now I guess I can say I do podcasting. <laughs> I think I can. This is just the first episode. So I don't know if I can say that I actually do it, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you say it, girl. Yes. All right. So getting into our story, Jolene, um, did you ever dream about being a mother? When did that dream start for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, it first started with the example of my mom. My mom is the best one I could have ever had. So I have an amazing example to look up to. Um, I had amazing grandmothers. So that was a huge example. I had women around me who were moms and who loved what they were doing. So that really helped. Um, and so ever since I knew what it was, I wanted to be one. Um, either that or a teacher. Um, I distinctly remember playing pretend like with both, like pretending to be a mom, pretending to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> and there's even a very embarrassing cassette tape recording of me giving birth. I kid <laughs> you not. Sound effects and all. Oh, wow. That's I, I had just watched like Sarah Plain and Tall. It was a really old movie. And in that scene, like in that movie, someone gives birth at some point. And I was just like, oh, that's what I want to do. And so <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hate to admit it. I think that's the first time I've said it out loud. And now it's just in the universe <laughs> on the podcast realm. So yay me. <laughs> um, that is intense. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to go back and find it because it's very embarrassing, but at the same time, like it, it that's, I, I was fascinated by everything about being a mom. Um, and that bled over into me, um, being the oldest of three kids. Um, they, I have a brother three years younger than me and a sister nine years younger than me. And so as much as they hate to admit it, <laughs> I had a lot of practice being like a mother figure, especially to my little sister. Um, there were countless times when she would scream at me, you're not my mom, because I would, you know, be in charge of her, I'd be bossing her around a lot. Um, so yeah, I had practice. Um, and I babysat, I obviously chose teaching as a career, I have always just gravitated towards kids and taking care of them. Um, so being a mom was just something, it was second nature to me, definitely. I agree. As a teacher myself, I got to say that I think that teaching prepared me to be a mom. Like, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I can't imagine being a mom and not having that teaching background with like organizing and handling all these different chores and things. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So tell us a little more about... Um, what happened after you got married? Did you talk to your husband about it? Does he want kids? What's his background? He is an only kid. Um, and so in a strange way, maybe not so strange way, that made him want to have kids and multiple kids because he didn't have that growing up. Um, he has, uh, he had amazing friends um, that were like his brothers and sisters, but he didn't have that siblings um, aspect. And so we met online and on our profiles, you could mark whether or not you wanted kids. And so it was really nice to just get that out of the way. Um, we knew 
as soon as we started talking, like, well, even before we started talking, that we wanted kids. So that was really nice. That was out of the way. Um, and so we also knew that we didn't want kids immediately after we got married. We didn't want a honeymoon baby. <laughs> um, nothing wrong with that. But, nothing yeah. <laughs> wrong with that, but that's not what we wanted. We wanted some time by ourselves. And so we started thinking about, um, no. I, I should say, I started thinking yeah. about having Planner. kids, yes, about like six months after we got married. And I, I had some outside pressures, I think, just society-wise and age-wise. Um, I knew I had to get started. Um, and so he is the wise, contemplative one. And so I'm so glad we went on his timeline <laughs> and I didn't rush into anything. Um, but we started trying uh, almost like exactly a year um, on our first anniversary. Um, we had some best friends at the time who had just had a little baby girl um, in March um, and they had gotten pregnant like the first time. Like they tried once, they got pregnant, easy peasy. And so I naively was like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen for us. Um, and as we all know, like getting pregnant on your first try is not the norm. And so I unfortunately had to find that out the hard way. Um, and we, we found out we were pregnant in October. So whatever June to October is, is a very like normal amount of time when you're trying to get pregnant for the first time, kind of average, I would say. Um, and yet it felt like forever for me. Um, I, we tried the ovulation sticks, the whole thing, and that whole method, and that really really stressed me out um the pressure of okay i'm ovulating today we've got to do it today it, it was too much pressure on both of us and so i think we did that for maybe june and july um and then we just we forgot that i think i deleted like the ovulation tracker app off my phone and everything i was just like i can't take this pressure um and that worked because we found out October 9 that we were pregnant with our little boy. Um, I, I still remember it to this day. It was like 4 a.m. But, you know, when you're taking a pregnancy test, you want to get the early morning pee. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that at 4.30. And obviously, my husband and I couldn't go back to sleep after we saw that it was positive. Um, and I still remember, like, putting it into the app to see, like, how far along I was and the size. And our little buddy was like the size of a grain of rice. It was just like, and it's still like just imprinted in my memory. Um, and I had a very um, textbook pregnancy. Like I was, you know, sick a little bit, but not too bad. Like I didn't feel miserable. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was, it was fun to be pregnant. I, I really did. Um, I had a great C-section. I recovered easily. Like it was, it was not a problem. Like I really enjoyed being pregnant. He was a great infant. He's a great toddler. Um, and it was just, it, it was a wonderful start to motherhood for me. Oh, that's great. And I've, I've met your son and he's a great kid and you're doing a great job with him. And it's so fun to see how they grow up and develop and learn new things. Uh, did you want more kids right away or how did you, did you want to space them out? Yeah. Um, I didn't want a huge gap. Um, 
I wanted like two to three years, but no more. So when did you feel like your dreams of motherhood really went off track? Um, it kind of started um, when we considered having um, a second one. Um, I was perfectly content with just having one up until he was probably about a year and a half. Um, that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe we want to have a second one. We definitely knew we wanted multiple kids. Like my joke is that I only want two kids because that's how many hands I have. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have any more kids than I have hands. And so um, we knew we wanted a second one and we knew that that was probably going to be it. And so Gus was a year and a half. Um, let's see. Well, before he turned a year and a half, I think it was like October. So he turns a year and a half in December. In October, I went in for uh, my yearly exam and I was, you know, asking questions. They're like, yeah, get off your birth control um, and, you know, call us when you have a positive pregnancy test. I was like, okay, awesome. This is going to be um, easy. I heard that with your second, um, it's a lot easier to get pregnant. I was like, yes, we're going to get pregnant. Um, they're going to be close in age. This is going to be hard. I knew it was going to be difficult to have two kids close in age, but I was really excited. And so that was in October. We started trying in November and then January, when I came to see you for your baby shower, <laughs> I was like, so I think I might be pregnant. My period, I can't even remember how late it was, but I'm like, I'm, I'm very like on time with my period. And it was late. Um, and I remember us talking and like yeah. getting really giddy and excited. We we're, were gonna be your... pregnant at the same time. I know, like we were pregnant, like we we're pregnant for like like two <laughs> weeks together. Um, and so then after I left your house, so we got back. Um, and then that Monday I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And it was so exciting. I was like five weeks along, so it was really early. Um and like it was, a, it was a lot sooner than we were expecting. So it was a little bit of a surprise, but it wasn't like, it was a happy surprise, obviously. And so even in that week, we started dreaming. I think I like, I, that week I bought like maternity yoga pants off Facebook marketplace. Cause I was so excited. <laughs> um, I still wear them cause they're the most comfortable pants I own. Um, and then that Saturday night, my husband and I got a babysitter and we went out to celebrate and we just started dreaming and how excited we were um and just all the conversations you have when mm -hmm. you're very early pregnant and you're just in this giddy phase um and on our way back that night i felt a cramp in my stomach um and i don't know what those feel like yes and i was like <laughs> Mm, but it, it was like really short and sharp. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But that like nagging in the back of my head, like something was wrong. Um, and I woke up the next morning and I was bleeding. Um, and I remember sitting on the toilet before um, I went down and thinking that I wanted to try again. Like, I think I remember telling you or other people like, oh, if I had a miscarriage, I don't think I would ever want to try again. Like, that's just, that's just it. I don't think I could recover from that. But sitting there and knowing what was happening, my first thought was like, I want, I, I want to try again. Did um, you know it was a miscarriage right away? 
no but that's what i assumed it was like i was like this this can't be right and so i remember walking downstairs um and just like falling into my husband's arms and just crying and crying um and then i texted you immediately and i said like i'm bleeding is this what i think it means um do you kind of want to like do you remember like what you were thinking in that moment as like an outsider bestie perspective um i kind of remember thinking oh no because i mean i don't want to get into it too much because we'll we'll share about mine Mm -hmm. in the next episode or so but i remember thinking this sounds like very similar to how Mm -hmm. mine started oh no like we just talked about all this stuff and then it's like happening Mm -hmm. all over again yes for for you and i'm just like i i like the not the scientific but i wanted to be like oh it could be nothing it could be just you know because sometimes bleeding is normal in pregnancy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but in the back of my head i was like oh no like this is happening yeah yeah and it's heartbreaking yeah it it was it was so tough so yeah i i i was pretty sure it was a miscarriage and then um i ended up passing it the matter whatever it was um on january 16th your baby yeah Yeah. my baby you're right (laughs) um going through therapy i'm i'm realizing that i need to give a name like to it like Mm -hmm. the whole experience um but yeah so that was january 16 uh 2023 um and you never forget those dates no like i have my Mm -hmm. dates in mind and it's just crazy how you never forget those dates Mm -hmm. um what did you what did you after that how'd you process what was happening um, again, through therapy, I'm learning that maybe I don't process things the best way. <laughs> Literally just had a <laughs> therapy session on Friday. So this is all very fresh in my mind. Um, it's the way I process all difficult things. Um, it, I kind of rushed through the process at first because as a mom of a toddler, you can't take the time to yourself to lay in bed and just kind of grovel. Um, and so that very first day was a Sunday. I remember it distinctly. I knew I had to get out of the house. I knew I couldn't just like stay in my bed. And so we took Gus to the library um, and I, I, I just had to get out because uh, I knew I didn't have time to do that. Um, and I also texted another friend who we're hopefully gonna have on the podcast, um, who's an OBGYN. And I like just confirmed with her um, that this is like really what was happening. Um, And after I passed, you know, after the baby passed, we buried it um, in the backyard and I I left it there because that's how I process things. Um, I also went out and bought a journal that sunday like before the day before like the baby actually passed um because journaling is a huge part of just who i am and how i process things and getting my thoughts out um and i've always journals are you know centered around the biggest moments in my life like i bought a new journal right you know when gus was born or when we found out we were pregnant i can't remember which one um and so getting a journal in this huge moment in our lives was just natural. So I would say maybe not in the best way, but I definitely um, knew what processes processes I had to go through <laughs> um, to get through this struggle. Were you um, 
not eager, that's not the right word, but were you like ready to share with others about what had happened right away? Or no, you're like, this is like my secret and it's yeah. like shameful and it's like, what is wrong with me? Like- yeah, I wouldn't say that I thought it was shameful, but I definitely, we, I should say my husband and I um, weren't ready to share at all. Like I shared with you and I shared with Luba um, and I shared with Becky as well, but I didn't even tell like my sister or my sister-in-law um, till like maybe a month later. Um, my parents found out the next week because I needed my mom to come down and watch um, our little boy. Um, and my mom already knew, like I told her that I had a doctor's appointment and that nobody else could come and watch him and that I needed her to come down and like something was wrong. Um, and as soon as she got there, like I, I still remember the moment, like I just fell into her arms and started crying and I told her I had a miscarriage. She's like, that's kind of what I thought was going on. Um, and so having her there to watch him, cause I trust her explicitly with my son as a relief. And so my husband and I, we went to that, you know, that first doctor's appointment after your miscarriage where they confirm you pee on another freaking stick, um, get some blood work done. Um, and I had to retell like two or three people in the doctor's office why I was there. Like that really made me mad. Like, why can't you just look at my freaking sheet and see that I've had a miscarriage and that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, and so that I, I cried like 10 times it felt like in the doctor's office um and i cried again when i had to like cancel my ultrasound because i had already had that set up Uh, but that day when we went into the first doctor's appointment after the miscarriage um i'm so glad my husband was there he was able to take off work um, and then we went to brunch afterwards and that was another part of the process just like walking through that um and having him there with me so i didn't have to do it alone that was a Huge help. Would you say that once you went to the doctor and you heard the words, you're not pregnant, or they confirmed with an ultrasound that that was another step in processing like, oh, this did happen to me? Yeah, that was definitely another part of the process. Um, In a way, it, it it was relieving. I was like, okay, I can take another step I wanted to step away from it. Like I, I'm not the kind of person that like sits in their grief. And again, therapy Mm -hmm. is teaching me that I need to learn how to do that. Um, (laughs) but because I'm so positive, because I'm so outgoing and, you know, um, such a like rainbows and butterflies kind of person, I wanted to separate myself from the grief. And so that doctor's appointment, and then, you know, you wait a few more weeks and you take that uh, pregnancy test to make sure your HCG levels are down and you're not pregnant. Um, that day, actually, when I had that negative pregnancy test is when the epiphany of this podcast, like, um, came to fruition. Like I I could go back to my journal and look at that. So that actually, I hadn't thought about that correlation in a while. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, do you think that, um, the way you processed your grief, stepping away from it affected your relationship with your husband? Um, or it, it affected it in a positive way. Like yeah. we, I'm so thankful for him because I feel like every, 
difficult and trying trial. That's not the words I wanted that were in my head. <laughs> Every trial that we have faced in our marriage has made us come closer together. Um, and I'm actually going to have him on um, to get his perspective on all of that and have a male perspective. So he oh, can speak. Great. Yeah, he can speak more into that. Um, but it brought definitely it strengthened our relationship. Um, and he let me grieve in the way that I needed to. We would check in as much as we could with a toddler <laughs> um, yeah. and tried to have as many date nights as we could, like post miscarriage to just strengthen each other. And so it, it definitely like it, it helped us a lot. Like, and speaking of toddler relationship with your toddler, how grateful were you for your son oh, when all goodness. that happened? Yeah, like it. I was so grateful for him, but as you well know, it almost makes you feel guilty for grieving because you're like, wait, there are people that have had multiple miscarriages on their first tries right. and don't have this joy. And so there was just like this mix of like, yes, I'm so, so, so grateful for my toddler, but I'm also like, uh, like, why should I be grieving? Cause I have him. So yeah. that, yeah, that was selfish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That was exactly how I felt. Yeah. So through the process of this miscarriage, what point did you realize you needed some help? Um, like I mentioned before, I immediately texted you. You were the first one. Um, because one, I knew that you are the, one of the best people at responding immediately, <laughs> which I appreciate. <laughs> I know it would to me all the time. Um, and I also knew, like you alluded to earlier, that you would know what was going on. Um, I reached out to Luba. So like this is after I obviously like immediately went to my husband. Um, sure. these were like the practical, the immediate steps that helped me like like on that day to move forward. Um and then let's see, how how long have I been going to therapy? I don't know, I think it's been a few months now. Um, so like three to four months after the miscarriage, I started going to therapy. Um, not, and it's interesting, like I didn't specifically choose to go to therapy because of the miscarriage, but it obviously has come up, um, especially this last Friday uh, and has been a huge help through that. That's great. I bet they helped you unpack a lot of things that you hadn't even thought oh, of. Oh yeah, for sure. Lots of tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything that triggers you um, with miscarriage? Uh, yeah. It, the timing of recording this podcast is um, is very fortunate because the last two weeks, two to yeah, two to three weeks, have been really, really hard um, with the triggers. So I take my son to library story time twice a week. Um, and there's a, it's a bunch of toddlers and it feels like every single mom with a toddler is like about ready to pop. They're so pregnant. Like you would have been. Like exactly. And so seeing them, you can't help the thoughts that come into your head that say, I should be six months pregnant. Um, and I saw a post as well. This was right after Father's Day that said, you know, you know, sending love to all those that should have announced they were pregnant on Father's Day or should have given birth on Father's Day. And I just I couldn't 
push away the negative triggers and thoughts anymore. And so I just kind of gave into them. And so there were like three or four days, like middle of June, that I just could barely get out of bed. I was cranky. I was snapping at my son and my husband. Um, and I just, I, I was, that, that was another way I was grieving. Um, and thankfully my precious, sweet patient husband just was there the whole time and knew that he needed to, you know, give me my space. Um, so going back to your question of the triggers, like depending on the day, pregnant moms with toddlers is probably my <laughs> biggest trigger. Um, especially if I just kind of don't know them and they're just kind of like a stranger or someone walking through the uh, store and I don't have any connection with them. It's just like this, oh, it's like this jealousy and this frustration and this anger that just comes over me on those worst days. Some days I can, you know, forget it and it doesn't bother me. But um, other days I, I just, I can't, I can't cope with it. Yeah. And I think both are healthy. Yeah. And I don't think either is wrong. And for anyone out there that is listening that have had these feelings before, it's okay. Yes. Like people deal with it in different ways. So you mentioned um, the feelings that you have when you see moms with their toddlers and their babies and how you wish you were in those shoes. And have you thought about trying again? Now that you mention it, <laughs> um, we've been trying and I heard so many people say, I shouldn't say I heard so many people, but I thought I heard it said that after you had a miscarriage, it was pretty easy to get pregnant again. I didn't go back on birth control. You know, my cycle came back, you know, within a month, like it usually did. I was very regular and we intentionally started trying in March. Um, and, you know, it's now the beginning of July and nothing has happened yet. Um, and I know that it's not an unreasonable amount of time that we've been trying. I know that it could still happen this month, but if you've been in the month after month grind of trying and your period shows up every month, it feels like a big fail and very, very discouraging. For sure. And being in those shoes. It, it gets hard even just trying like it takes I don't want to speak for everybody but it kind of takes the fun away from intimacy a little bit at times because you feel oh, like it's is. like there's a lot of pressure and yeah yeah, yeah. we've <laughs> got to do it on these days and if we don't do that on these days and we're just it's just not going to happen and there's no spontaneity and then the pressure of it sometimes just doesn't help the act happen <laughs> <laughs> and so, <Yeah. laughs> and so then that's more frustration on top of that. And it's just like, we're not, we don't like, this is something we want together. And now we're just frustrated, not with each other, but with just the whole process of it. All right. What were some things that surprised you that have been difficult throughout this process? Of miscarriage, um, of trying again, all that. Yeah. Um, something that I didn't even know was going to be an issue was comparing my loss to other people's situations um because i didn't have to go to the er because it just felt like a really bad period and i was only six weeks along i 
still tend to play it off and say, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can make as big of a deal of it as maybe others think I should, because it wasn't as much of a loss. It was only one time. Um, it wasn't that bad. And I had no idea I would feel that way. I didn't know that that was possible. Um, and so one of the reasons that, you know, one of the taglines vision mission of this podcast is your story, no matter how big or small matters here, it's almost like I'm preaching that to myself because I've had yep. so many wonderful people remind me, like you said, it was a baby, even if it didn't have a heartbeat, like it was something you were excited about it. And it was a loss, even if it was routine and textbook and it didn't affect you health wise, it affected you emotionally and physically. Mm -hmm. And that was a loss. And so I never thought I'd feel that way. I didn't wasn't prepared for the comparison. And it's something that I'm still struggling with here, you know, six going on seven months later. What was the most difficult thing you think out of all of this? Oof. Um, just the little moments that add up that remind me that I'm not pregnant. Um, wondering, was it a boy? Was it a girl? Like, oh, yeah. That's well, a big yeah. One. <laughs> what would I be like doing now? Would we be preparing a nursery? Like, how would we help our little toddler understand that he was going to be a big brother? It's little things like that, that if I allow to get into my mind, it just, it can send me on a downward spiral. And so I give them the thought process that they deserve, but I don't let it consume me because I know that that would just tear me apart so this your miscarriage happened about five six months ago mm -hmm, January it? yeah on a scale of one to ten where are you today you, you talked um, about you know going yeah. to therapy um how, where are you today after all that um it's funny when I was going through this and preparing to record I said a six um because I was it was in during that like two or three week period where I was really struggling. Um, today has been really fun recording this and having friends over this evening. So it's more like a seven or eight. And so it's definitely in the middle. I'm, th I'm thankful that I have had some healing and I'm not like, I've come so far from where I was, but I know that it'll never be a 10 because there's still going to be that loss in my heart for always. for always yeah mm -hmm. what are some resources that you've found to help you throughout this journey um like i mentioned before therapy has been a huge one and i can't emphasize it enough um especially if you're going something through like going through something like this um and if it's something that you and your spouse are open to that's huge as well for me, journaling, um, staying active. I had just started doing yoga every day um, in the beginning of January before I knew I was pregnant. Yeah, and I remember doing that. I did that, that at your house. <laughs> at <my> house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and doing that every day and keeping myself accountable. Um, and that's just my favorite form of exercise. I love it so much. That has really helped. Um, confiding in friends. 
um, dreaming up this podcast and throwing myself into it, um, investing alone time with my husband and with myself. That's something that my husband and I have really been, um, I've really set as a priority this summer because he's a teacher. And so he thankfully has the summer off. And so one day a week, one afternoon or one morning a week, we will go off into town and just do something just alone. And that has been so helpful. Um, being vulnerable with my friends, with my husband, with my therapist. Um, and then also being in the moment with my son and being so thankful because my husband and I have already determined that if we're not meant to have another kid and all that our future is, is just one kid with our son, then we're going to be content in that. Um, and so being in my, in the moment with him and being thankful that I have him, um, is, has been a huge resource, if you can call it that, yeah, <laughs> through we'll this. Call it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, because like we've said before, if this had happened before, I don't, it would have been harder to climb out of that deep, dark pit of sadness. Sure. Um, and so having my son has just been such a joy through all of this. For sure. You mentioned um, confiding in friends. And there are people out there that have shared their stories before. And there are those that are suffering in silence that don't know uh, how to go through this. They think that they're alone. Um, if they happen to hear this story, would you be comfortable um, if they reach out to you? Of course. Um you're going to find out soon in this podcast that I like to talk <laughs> and I love hearing people's stories. That's another reason why I started this is because I'm addicted to hearing people's stories and getting to know them when, you know, they're excited about being vulnerable with these kind of things. So yes, please, please reach out. Um, you can find me, um, on my Instagram, and we're going to put all of this in the show notes so everybody Perfect. can go and find it. Um, you can find me on my personal Instagram. You can find me on the Motherhood Off the Rails podcast. We've got an email too, if that's more your style. Um, and yeah, just remember you're not alone. You can reach out um, to any of these people that we're going to have on this podcast, um, if, obviously if they're up to it, um, because that's the reason that we did this. Cause we want to create a community of women, um, that are in the constant mindset that they're not alone through any of this. Absolutely. Maybe somebody that hears this also will one day want to share their story too. Yes. That's the goal. <laughs> Yay. We awesome. did it. We did it. Woohoo! Look at you. You're a natural here by the end. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>